The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. Carl Thomas has decided to have a start of the year holiday. So Larry Donnelly, law lecturer at NUI Galway, political columnist with the journal.ie, joins us instead. But I'm going to start with the US correspondent of the Business Post, Marion McKeown, who's back with us for yet another year. Marion, welcome back. And start, please, by telling us all about this guy, George Santos. Who is he? Or is it possible to know who he is? Well, depending on which version of events you believe, uh, George Santos has been elected uh, uh, to the House of Congress for the Republican Party. He is a New Yorker, and it's really one of the most bizarre stories in a long time. And this is just, you know, a subplot of today's high drama, which I've been watching in on before we spoke about the the election of Kevin McCarthy. And we get to that. We get to that. Tell us about Santos Santos, first, though. Okay, okay, Matt. So um, the George Santos, a young guy, who basically faked almost every aspect of his CV and fabricated an entire persona. Now, I'm not just talking about a couple of things. People embroider CVs. They claim they worked in places where they may have had a less senior job, whatever. He faked everything. He claimed nothing about this guy is basically true. He's Walter Mitty, where he claimed, where he, he said he went to a very prestigious school in the Bronx. He never went there. He said that he attended various colleges. He never, they've no records. Said he worked for Goldman Sachs. Citibank, they said absolutely not. Um, he had a wife. He, he claims to be the first openly gay GOP elected to Congress. Now, he may well be, but he did have a wife who he's now divorced from, who he never mentioned anywhere. Um, and it's just things like the money he earned. He said his mother, initially, he, he implied that she was killed during the 9-11 attacks. Then he said she died because of them. She did die after a long illness. He also claimed she was a top financier. Other people said that she worked as, as a domestic in, you know, in, in the World Trade Center that nothing wrong with that, but that she was somebody who spoke very little English and had basically a manual labor job in the World Trade Center. So it's just one thing after another. And now there's a storm brewing because the Democrats have said uh, their their guy, Tom Rossi, who was a legitimate Democrat, was beaten by this guy. And they're saying people voted for him not knowing who this guy was, made it all up. There are a couple of Congress people, including James Comer, who's likely to be head of House Oversight, who are saying this isn't on. You know, this really isn't on. We're going to have to do something about this. I suspect Democrats will um, try and expel him from the House, pass a motion. Let me bring in Larry Donnelly on that. Are there mechanisms to get rid of of an elected representative who has come to office on the basis of a pack of lies. There, uh, there are. I mean, you, you know, if, if in the event that there was a, uh, you know, he's under investigation now for something dating back to Brazil, uh, a fel- potentially a felony. Uh, the last time it happened was an Ohio congressman named Jim Traficant many years ago. Uh, it happens exceedingly rarely, uh, and in the atmosphere, in the in the climate on Capitol Hill right now, uh, I just don't see it happening. I mean, even now. Because, as we mentioned before, Kevin McCarthy is in this desperate search uh, to become Speaker of the House of Representatives, he won't even say a bad word yet uh, about George Santos. Uh, So we're in very odd territory where Santos is now saying he'll only serve one term. Uh, I think his intention is to say, look, I got away with this, put his head down uh, and carry on as best he can. But the story here, Matt... It's just a colossal failure at every level, uh, a colossal failure of Republican Party officials to vet this guy, and then a colossal failure of journalism. In 2022, how does this Walter Mitty-like character, as Marion says, how does he get to be where he is without being investigated further, without the truth coming to light? We know one 
local newspaper caught on to this, but everyone else seemed to ignore it. It's nothing short of extraordinary. A listener says, I feel sorry for Santos. Trump lied every day, day in, day out, and nothing was ever done about that. Okay, Kevin McCarthy, Marion McCone. Uh, this is the Republican who wants to be the Speaker. The old Nancy Pelosi role uh, when the Democrats held the balance of power in the House of Representatives. Is it looking as if his, like his own party won't give him enough votes to make him the Speaker? This, uh, honestly, Matt, this is so bizarre. What a start to the 118 Congress at the moment as we speak. Uh, they've basically just opened the voting on Kevin McCarthy. He was introduced by Elise Stefanik, who is now, she replaced Liz um, Cheney as the conference chair. She used to be a very right, uh, a very moderate, I should say, Republican. She's gone so far to the right. She's a 100% Trump acolyte. Um, she was looking for things, great things to say about Kevin McCarthy. And she came up with, uh, he brought the border crisis to the national attention. He did a border stunt a while ago by going down there and that he stood on the floor for eight hours and 35 minutes and gave the longest speech. And that was really and there was something else as well. But the problem for McCarthy is Congress. It's so tight. And the Republicans have 222 seats. The Democrats have, I believe, 214. You need 435 all in. Um, And, you know, he hasn't got a vote to spare. And exactly as Larry said, this is why he can't even criticize this Santos guy. It's very possible at the end of this voting round that Kevin McCarthy, who has wanted to be nothing but the Speaker for years and has been thwarted several times, still won't be. And um, Pete Aguilar, the Democrat, just nominated their new person who has replaced Nancy Pelosi, Hakeem Jeffries, to be the Speaker, which is, again, sort of a stunt. But the Democrats are so buoyant. And earlier, McCarthy was over chatting to Democrats and Nancy Pelosi was having her photograph taken with everyone. And you really get a sense that people can smell mischief and mayhem in the air in Congress. And God only knows how this is going to go. They keep saying, oh, it's been 100 years since something like this happened. But as we know in politics today, anything can happen. Kevin McCarthy, to my mind, is a really undistinguished leader. Um, he's, well, let me he go to Larry on him yeah, as well, sure. because Larry, it also strikes me he has a capacity for speaking out of uh, both sides of his mouth and that he condemned Donald Trump uh, caught in video doing it for the January 6th riots and two weeks later was down in Mar-a-Lago kissing his bum. Yeah, I think that's because he directly knew what he has to marshal together. Oh, we just seem to have lost Larry there a little bit. Larry, you still there? No, we've just lost Larry for a little bit. Uh, I'll tell you what we'll ask, ask you about, Marion, is uh, Donald Trump's taxes. And is he yeah. now in big trouble because of what's emerged over the last couple of weeks? Well, honestly, I don't know, because I think Trump and his taxes, you know, the, he could be. I think the most bizarre thing about all this is that the IRS never audited him while he was president. And it should be mandatory. We all know that Donald Trump's taxes are very, very sketchy. He boasted about it during his debate with Hillary Clinton. He said it makes him smart that he pays so little taxes. And there are so many things that are, you know, I, I've had a look through some of these 6,000 pages and it's bizarre. He seems to have taken $150,000 or thereabouts in interest on loans to his three children, like basically charging them 50 grand a year each in interest on loans. Now, did he really do that or was that money they gave him and he was trying not to pay taxes on it or where did it come from? It's really hard to know. Uh, so I, I'm, I mean, as I say, the whole thing is very, very perplexing. Um, I suspect that there will be a further investigation into his taxes um, and God knows he tried hard enough to 
stop people from getting hold of them. But, um, you know, we, we will see. I mean, it, it, as I say, there have been battles over his taxes. He's lied about them repeatedly. We know that he's not worth nearly as much as he said he was. And as I said, there are so many sketchy little things we did and big things as well. And we did see, of course, his, his company, the Trump Organization, was criminally convicted of tax fraud because of the way the manner in which they were paying executives and, and basically making sure that they didn't pay tax on certain benefits. So, yeah, this this will run and run. But I think I think Americans, by and large, have lost interest in it, really, just as a lot were losing interest in Donald Trump himself. Yeah, but it's still important. Larry Donnelly is back with us. Larry, can you pick up the point again you were making about Kevin McCarthy, please? Just that, you know, his, his political posturing, while not, while not exactly uh, an act of courage, uh, is in response to these members of Congress who are so far to the right uh, that they don't really care about the institution. They actually aren't all that concerned uh, about Republicans holding the majority or Republicans having uh, the speakership. Uh, they're concerned, I think, with their very radical uh, right-wing agenda. Uh, and, you know, I suppose from McCarthy's point of view, as Marion says, this is the job he's always wanted. Uh, at this stage, you can say, we don't know if he'll get it, but at this stage, you can say, the good news is uh, you've got the job. Uh, the bad news is uh, you've got the job. So we are in really, really dangerous uh, and uncertain territory that certainly, uh, in my life watching American politics, uh, we haven't been anywhere near this. So it's anybody's guess how this is going to pan out. And indeed, uh, he's well behind it. There was a thought that he might be able to close the gap. Uh, he's does perhaps dozens of votes behind uh, in terms of getting to the 218 market that he needs. To come and what at. happens then? Will the Republicans nominate somebody else? Again, this is, you know, I, I can't give you a straight answer on this because we're in uncharted waters. Anything uh, of a host of different possibilities uh, could unfold in this context. Uh, you know, and again, the rational analysis here was that uh, people would get on side because they have the majority. People want their perks, et cetera, et cetera. But for an awful lot of these Congress people, uh, like Matt Gates, like Lauren, Lauren Bobert, uh like Bob Good, uh, you know, that just doesn't motivate them. It doesn't hold anything for them. So uh, it's anybody's guess. Larry, I'm going to stay with you because I know Marion knows next to nothing about American football and I know you're a bit of a fan and we had it in our sports news earlier about Damar Hamlin suffering cardiac arrest during a game last night and still in critical condition. Tell us about this, please, and what it says also about the dangers of American football. Yeah, absolutely horrific, Matt. Uh, what actually looked to be a reasonably ordinary play, Damar Hamlin came up uh, and tackled someone not before he absorbed a shoulder uh, right to the chest, which appears to have had dr drastic consequences. Uh, Hamlin got up from the, having made the tackle uh, and for a couple of seconds stood there, but then literally crumbled to the ground, uh, and horrific scenes followed thereafter. Uh, and then there's this dispute about uh, whether the NFL wanted to resume the game. Players immediately said, we are not going to continue in this. Uh, it goes without saying that, obviously, our thoughts and prayers are with him, and his family. But there are bigger questions here, Matt, uh, about sport as entertainment and brutality as entertainment in American context. Uh, and also this idea, people are getting stronger, bigger, faster. Uh, the potential for violence, the potential for very serious and tragic injury, uh, of course, we see in American football. Uh, but I'd argue that potentially it also could surface in rugby as well. Well, that is true. But American football also made worse by the fact that the players often use the helmets almost as weapons against other players. Yeah, Matt, that's, that's exactly what I was getting at. I mean, there, there is certainly uh, an audience out there for 
uh, the brutal tackles, the really hot tackles, the going after people. Uh, you know, and that's it's really sad to see. And if anything uh, emerges from this, perhaps we might get some movement because uh, God knows there's no shortage of technology uh, in terms of the padding and everything else that is there. But there will always be an audience, I'd say, tragically uh, for this. So, again, uh, anyone who's seen it is absolutely horrific to watch. Uh, and this seems to be uh, a really good young man who did an awful lot of charitable work. And I mean, we just hope he pulls through. Indeed, we do hope that. Mary McComb, one final one, a listener wants to know, why are we not claiming Kevin McCarthy is an Irish-American? Is it because he's a Republican? Well, you know, he claims himself and every year when the, you have the, the um, Irish delegation coming over, he's always at the speaker's lunch. He's always there in his bright green tie. I've spoken to him there many times. I think, that, you know, not not all um, Irish Americans or people with Irish names in America want to identify in, in the same way as, say, Joe Biden does. I mean, Kevin McCarthy turns up, but it's not one of his big things. You know, he doesn't he doesn't uh, trumpet it all year round. I'm sorry, Marion, I think it also, it's also could be said that an awful lot of more modern Irish Americans are Republicans rather than Democrats. You know, they, they like pulling up the, the ladder behind them. Yeah, you know what? I, I, it's true. And if you look at Donald Trump's former, um, his cabinet, it was, I would say, about half of them were, were Irish Americans and were very devout Catholics, very conservative people. And, and um, you know, there is, a, I think that a lot of people mistakenly believe that, you know, Irish Americans are Democrats. It's absolutely not the case. Well, a lot of them tend to be let me go to Larry. If you'd stayed in Boston, Larry, might you have converted to have been a Republican? No, Matt, I'd, I'd still be the type of Democrat I am, the, the rare breed of moderate to conservatives. There's very few of us left. Larry Donnelly and Marion McKeown, thank you very much for being with us here on The Last Word of Today FM. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today FM.